0: Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to the book of Romans, chapter number eight. So we've been in a series uh, on the Holy Spirit, and we did Holy Spirit 101, Holy Spirit 202, Holy Spirit 303, uh, and today... Is the final one, Holy Spirit 404. Uh, You you might uh, be a little bit, um, if you're a sequential person like I am, you might have been a little bit shocked in the way that I went with the order of it. Uh, But when I teach on the Holy Spirit, I never want to assume that people know or come from a background uh, that talked about the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, uh, in the first week, Holy Spirit 101, it was, I have to introduce you to my friend. That's the way I said it the first week, and I have to be consistent, so I'm still talking like that now, okay? And, and we just talked about what Jesus said in John 14, 15, and 16 about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the second week, uh, the title of the message was, uh, Is it okay if my friend moves in with you? And we talked about receiving and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that was Holy Spirit 202. Last week was, my friend brought gifts for everyone. We talked about the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, If you have a podcast, you can catch up on all of those messages if you haven't heard them. Uh, If you have an Android device or iOS, you can download the Embassy City app and you can listen to the messages there. Uh, Today, uh, I'm gonna teach about what is probably one of the most uh, controversial Uh, topics centered around the Holy Spirit, uh, the one that causes the most angst uh, for some people, and there's been theological splits over it, Uh, I want to talk about tongues. I want to talk about speaking in tongues. And so the title of this message is, uh, My Friend Wants to Pray for You. My friend wants to pray for you. So let me pray for you first. Uh, And then I'll tell you why my friend wants to pray for you. Bow your heads, let's pray, okay? Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would cut through confusion. I pray that you would cut through um, intimidation. And I pray that you uh, would cut through fear uh, so that you can speak and pray for us. In Jesus' name, amen probably the longest prayer that you've heard me pray in a long time. (laughs) Uh, I have been saved for 21 years. I was raised in charismatic Pentecostal environments. Uh, I've had the great privilege and honor of being able to preach in almost every denominational circle uh, that is out there, Um, all the way from uh, Baptists and uh, Primitive Baptists, and missionary Baptists and Church on the Highest Garden, Church of Christ, uh, United Pentecostals to United Methodists to even Anglican churches, uh, uh, God has just given me the opportunity to preach uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, not in the context or confines to a denomination or a theological construct, but to the person of Jesus Christ and how He wants to perform in our lives. With that being said, uh, I am a spirit-filled uh, believer of Jesus Christ uh, who has a prayer language. Who I, I, I spoke in tongues all the way down here. I had my worship up and I prayed in the Holy Spirit all the way uh, down here. Uh, A lot of times, uh, spirit-filled churches place such an emphasis on speaking in tongues that it's almost like if you don't wear this as a badge of honor, and then we remind you by speaking it so that it's clear that we are, then somehow we are quenching the Holy Spirit. Uh, That couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I sit on the regional board of... Uh, Empower 21, uh, which is the Charismatic and Pentecostal uh, uh, renewal for the next 100 years. So let me explain that. Uh, If anybody knows anything about uh, the Charismatic and Pentecostal movement in America, it would trace its roots back to the early 1900s at the Azusa Street revivals. The Azusa Street revivals gave birth to many um, an expression of the Holy Spirit over the next 50 to 100 years. Uh, and at the centennial, a few years back, at the centennial of that, uh, there were uh, all of these fathers, Jack Hayford uh, and uh, uh, many others, who got together and said, who is gonna carry on the charismatic Pentecostal expression for the next 100 years? And they started to identify and say, okay God, who are, who are you emerging as leaders uh, uh, to carry on this movement. I don't know how my name got in there. Have no idea, but for some reason, I got thrown into this mix of conversation and then I wound up speaking at the inaugural event and then I wound up getting put on the board and so I'm now one of the representatives, okay? Uh, now, now, here's the thing. Uh, as much as I love being on that board, uh, I don't walk around praying in the spirit to prove I'm a Pentecostal, okay? And, and I want to apologize to anyone on behalf of the entire movement that I happen to sit on one of the boards of. If tongues has been made uh, to be lorded over you, dangled over you like a "Aha, I got it, you don't. Keep trying. <laughs> it's offensive. I personally believe that there's a lot of people that are spirit-filled who do not speak in tongues. I also believe that you can. So, so, so I just want to go in here and I just, just let me get it out and whatever you grew up in and whatever denomination shaped you, okay, let down your drawbridge, okay, take the alligators out of the moat. Okay, take the fiery darts out of the little slits. Okay, I I just want to give you some scripture. And, shocking, uh, I'm not going to include 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, for anybody that's grown up in this that wanted to debate it or or wanted to prove it, they went to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, I can put it in a nutshell. Paul found some people that existed in Corinth that exist like right now down the street probably, uh, that were so tongue happy that they couldn't even get through a service because they just, the whole service. (laughs) So all they did, the entire service. And he was like, you all need to stop because no one knows what you're talking about. You guys look crazy to people. We want people to come to our church. They come into church from the time they get up to the time somebody sat down. No interpretation. Oh, oh, oh! (laughs) And all the visitors was like, oh, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? How, you go, how, um, how How are you going to be a good ambassador of Jesus if everyone's scared of you? And then when somebody, like, pushes back just a little, what, what was that about? Oh, oh, you're not taking my Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, I just asked a question. I didn't know. I didn't even know I could take it. Let me give you some scripture to talk about uh, uh, why I think you should be open to my friend praying for you. And, and let me give you this last distinction. I, I, I don't mean uh, like we do with each other at the end of every service. Uh, we have our friends that come down to the altar and invite people. If you need prayer, we would like to pray for you. That, that's someone praying for you. So I'm not talking about my friend wants to pray for you, like, oh God bless him. I mean, my friend wants to literally pray for you. Like, instead of you praying, he would like to step in and pray for you. Like, like, like when you're praying sometimes about stuff and you don't know what to do, uh, then the Holy Spirit kind of hears what you're praying about and he's like, mm-mm, no. Uh, can, I, can I, let me take over, I can pray better than you. <laughs> Shh, you hush, you don't know what you're talking about anymore, let me. <laughs> let me pray for you, okay? So, so let me give you the first scripture. This is in Romans chapter number uh, 8, verses 26 and uh, verses 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, somebody might push back a little bit and say, well, that's a groaning. That's not actually a language. Well, I, I believe it can be both. I, can believe, I believe it could be a groan or, or an utterance that that comes out of you that is indescribable, uh, that the Holy Spirit goes, I know what that groan means. I'll take over. And I believe that it could be some, some words that you just start getting dis- so, so discombobulated in prayer. He goes, I-, I got this. I can pray for you, okay? Um. Uh, Verse number 27, and the Father knows all hearts, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will, okay? Point number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit prays better than we do. It's just the bottom line. The Holy Spirit prays better than we do. There are times and situations that I'm going through uh, in my life where I don't know what to do or what to ask for, and the Holy Spirit just happens to be a better prayer than I am, and he prays according and in harmony with God's will. Now, this is very, very important. The reason why I believe it's important to pray in your spiritual prayer language is because sometimes even with the best intentions in our heart, our prayers don't line up with God's will. <laughs> okay. Remember, remember the girl you dated or the guy you dated before you're sitting next to the spouse you're sitting to now, and you thought that was the one, and you were praying, Lord, Lord, I'm in love with them. They're amazing. I want to be with the rest of our life, and the Holy Spirit's in there, like, no, you don't. <laughs> and you're like, Lord, just work it out, make everybody see it, and you know, you got some of your family kind of pushing back. And I don't know about them and everybody else, and you're praying, and you're and you you think you're praying. This to look, this has to be the Lord, because I'm in love with them. This has to be the Lord, and the Lord and the Holy Spirit's like, it's not. And a lot of times, people that even do pray in the Spirit have no idea that when they allow the Holy Spirit to pray on their behalf, He's contradicting everything you just said in English. (laughs) You'll be like, That's my house, Lord. I claim that house, it is my house. That is my car, and you're going to give it to me, and that is my job, and and then you're like, oh, now let's pray in the Spirit, and you start praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's like, that's not their house, that's not their car, that's not their job, they'll have too much pride, so don't give it to them, they'll get fired in six months, keep them here, another year, let them get their character together, God, let their character stay in this cubicle before you give them that office, before they get fired and embarrass both of us. If you let him pray, if you did get the interpretation, you'd be like, wait a minute now. That's not exactly what I wanted to hear. He prays better prayers than we do, okay? Point number two, write this down. Everyone can pray in the Spirit. Now, maybe I should have put an asterisk by this because it's just my personal belief. Even if you've never prayed in the Spirit, I still feel like you have the potential and the capacity to pray in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, I believe that there could be an opportunity that arises that he, because he lives on the inside of you, would have an opportunity to pray for you. Okay? So why, why would you say that you believe everyone can pray in the Spirit? Let me, let me give you some scripture. Acts chapter number two, verse number four says this, and everyone, <laughs> everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now the languages that they spoke in in Acts chapter number two were languages that other people knew. they were known languages. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gave them the ability to speak that language. If He could give them the ability to speak fluent French, then I also believe that He could give you the ability to speak a prayer language or a heavenly language. This wasn't like a, you know, a ratio. Well, 42 percent got it. The other two are chill, still trying. They're still tearing at the altar, trying to get it kick-started. Listen, I've been in church a long time, and I've actually p- seen people come to the altar. Hey, we're going to pray for you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And instead of just saying, receive the Holy Spirit, as the scriptures say, we're looking at the mouth. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. And then, can you imagine the pressure on the person that's there? Say thank you, Jesus, real fast. Right now? Yeah. That's how you get it kick started. Because clearly the Holy Spirit's like a lawnmower. So you got to. He... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say it faster. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. There it is. There it isn't. That's that's not a prayer language. That's B language. (laughs) It's amazing how bad we want people to line up with our belief system. That we won't back off and just let the Holy Spirit do it. We're trying to help them do it or help the Holy Spirit as if He needs help. Everyone Spoke in tongues. Acts 10, 44 through 46. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. For they heard them, all of them, that's what they supplied earlier. They heard all of them speaking in other tongues and praising God. It says other tongues, it doesn't talk about the unknown languages that everybody heard in their own uh, dialect. They start talking about these unknown tongues. That's Acts 10, 44 through 46. Here's Acts 19, verse 6. Then when Peter laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Okay? Now, he- here's what's interesting to note. One of the ways, the identifying markers uh, in that moment that they knew that they had been filled with the Holy Spirit is that they began to speak in other tongues. But again, I want to reiterate that everyone's experience is not bang, bang! Okay? Everyone's experience is not, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus, I looked at my hands and they looked new, I looked at my feet and they did too. The first time I heard that, because I'm a literalist, I thought God did mani and pedicures. I'm like, he'll, do, he'll push back cuticles? God is awesome. Somebody's looking at their nails. Here's what I want to let you know. Your, your relationship with God is a process, and he won't push you further than what you are comfortable with. He'll stretch you, but, but he's just not going to violate you into a relationship with him. <laughs> you all bear with me. Have you seen how, if you've been in some of these circles, been exposed to it, have you seen how hostile some of them can be? Uh, around this, uh, 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 like it's almost—you it, almost get a little scared. You know what I mean? You 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 walk into the environment and like the Holy Ghost is here. You're like, <laughs> I'm from I'm from Southern California. I'm from LA. When somebody uses that voice, I duck. <laughs> we we can't say the Holy Spirit's here. Can you feel His presence? He's here, people. Does it have to be that rough all the time? Like like DMX is leading the service? I don't know why he popped in my head, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Google him, you'll, you'll understand. He, he barks, he doesn't really rap. He, I'm sorry. It's so random. So, I, I really want people to embrace the Holy Spirit in his fullness, and I want, I want them to do it without intimidation, but it can't be done without intimidation if it is a hostile environment, okay? I want to give you some scripture, uh, still under point number two, uh, that gives me uh, what I believe is the assurance that everyone can speak in tongues. Ephesians chapter number six. You, you all will be familiar with this passage I'm about to read. Um, but I want you to notice something, because I think some, uh, there's a lot of people that have de- detached um, this one component to the rest of uh, this narrative. Ephesians chapter number six, verse uh, starting at the 10th verse. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against, stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece, underline that, If you're a nerd like me, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then we stop. Those are your armor pieces, ladies and gentlemen. Paul is using uh, 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 the, the analogy of what a Roman centurion or guard would wear. And he's using that to talk about uh, the, how we're supposed to put on God as our armor and as our defense and as our offense. And we stop. Right after the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So 18 gets completely ignored. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Is that what it says? Now, there's plenty of times where Paul says, I want you to pray for me about this and I want you to pray for me about that. He doesn't say pray in the spirit. Well, when he says praying in the Spirit, he just means that God's Spirit should be there and as long as his presence is there. No, no, he's actually talking about a language here. And there's an assumption that Paul is working with because there had been no one up until this time that got filled with the Holy Spirit that did not have the ability, because the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit was living on the inside of them, to pray in a prayer language. So he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Here's how I know that, that he meant both in the spirit and uh, in your tongue, your native tongue. And pray for me too ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news for the Jews and Gentiles alike, for the good news for the Jews and Gentiles alike. Now, okay, so he says, pray in the spirit. He wants you to pray in the spirit. Then he says, hey, and then pray for me too. And here's what I want you to pray. Ask God that he would give me the boldness to explain God's mysterious plan. Okay. So if, if Paul says, hey, would you pray for me like that? I don't have to pray in tongues. I already know what to pray for. Hey, Lord, would you please answer Paul's prayer? Let him pray and explain the mysterious truth of God. Would you let him do that with boldness? In Jesus' name, amen. But if Paul's going on a missionary journey, I don't know what he's going to be against. Holy Spirit knows. I think I want him to pray for that. I need to be praying in the Spirit at all times. Here's Jude chapter number 1, verse 20. Well, Jude is only one chapter. It's one book. Hey, the other day... Yesterday, actually, my, my kids, are, dude, they only get to play video games on the weekend, and, uh, uh, so they, but they have to have devotion and pray before they play video games. So I asked Nathan, hey, what did you, did you ha- have your devotion? Yep. Uh, what would you read? I read uh, Psalm 70. I said, tell me what it's about. And he said, uh, Psalm 70 is about this, this, and this. And I was like, just going off memory, that sounds, you, you've lined up well. Thank you, son. I appreciate you having your devotion, Okay. <laughs> Here's Noah. (laughs) Hey, did you have your devotion? Yeah. Did you pray? Yeah. What did you read? Jude. (laughs) The boy is six. Okay? He read Jude. I said, (laughs) you read Jude? (laughs) Talking about the warnings against false prophets and teachers and why are you back there, son? Are Are you about to do a revival soon that I don't know about? Why would you? That is heavy stuff, even though it's one that's pretty heavy. I said, um, and what was that about? He was talking about loving God. I was like, get back up there. <laughs> Most generic. No matter what Noah reads, Juliet would tell you, no matter what the boy reads, the recap is that he just loves God. That's why he wrote it. Shut up. You're <laughs> six. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Jude 1 verse 20 says this, uh, "But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit." The most, little, the, the most literal form of that part after faith, and before that next comma is pray in the Holy Spirit, or pray in the Holy Ghost." Paul, Jude, all the believers go, "Hey, We believe you have this ability because the person of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Give him permission to speak. So, just a quick recap before we get to point three. The Holy Spirit prays better than we do. That's why I want my friend to pray for you on your behalf because he prays better than we do. Uh, Point number two, everyone can pray in the Spirit. Point number three, write this down. This is going to revolutionize your whole life as soon as I say it. (laughs) Go home and try it go home, and try it. Now, here's why I say this. Again, because I've been raised uh, in this expression, uh, uh, we, we used to have marathon church. Okay. Um, anybody else beside me been in a marathon church service? Okay, so starts with starts with Sunday school. Okay, then you have morning worship, Okay, uh, and, and morning worship could be three hours, so don't, there are people here still trying to get used to the fact that, wait a minute, we're out? <laughs> it was so funny, so many people are used to marathon church that when we first started the church, people were actually coming in 10 minutes before we, dis- we were dismissing, <laughs> off the assumption that, well, it's going to be about you know, two or three hour service. And it was like 75 minutes. We were like, psych! We were like, bye. <laughs> we don't want to be here that long. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, so then you have morning worship, and that can last three hours. A and B and C selections. Okay, offering. Um, second offering. So a seed at the end offering. Okay, all that could happen. Okay? Uh, and then uh, it wasn't over. You just had a break. Go eat lunch, take a nap, because evening service is really going down. You didn't get enough in Sunday school, and you did not get enough in that three hour service. You gotta come back, because tonight the anointing's really gonna fall. It must, his anointing must not be oil, it must be honey. It's just slow. (laughs) I want a downpour, not a slow motion. Okay. And then, uh, you know, who wants to get filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay. And the people come down, and they would tarry. I'm not leaving until I get it. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. We're not leaving till you do. You better get it. Oh, you better get it. Oh, you better get it. You better get it. You better get it. You better get it. You better get it, <laughs> better get it. All right, all right. At some point, it's not spiritual anymore. It's, it's, it's fleshy. Now, I'm not t- trying to talk about like a, I'm just talking about natural, like I'm hungry. Like I can't concentrate. So, Since I can't leave until I get it, she's coming in a Honda. I said, she's coming in a Honda. Oh, she's coming in a Honda. Oh, she's coming in a Honda. Untie my bow tie. Ay, 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 on top of Bota. They got it. Thank you. I get to leave now. Thank you. Lord, that that <laughs> <laughs> so we had a whole bunch of people fake it yeah. because it was too much pressure. We were held hostage at the altar, and you weren't going to let us leave till we got it, and I fainted, Jesus, I'm so sorry, I, just, I was hungry, and they weren't going to let me out, I didn't have enough ransom money, okay, we're not going to do that today, I don't want to do that, I want to I go home. I want some eggs, I don't eat before service. I want eggs, <laughs> and I want turkey bacon today at a reasonable hour. But here's what I also want. I also want you to let my friend pray for you. So go home and try it. My best friend Corey, he he's not even embarrassed of this anymore, because I tell it so much, he's just like, I'm over it. I always ask permission, but I don't even know why. My best friend Corey. Uh, the first time he spoke in tongues, he was on the toilet. He was minding his own business, literally. He was minding his business, he was on the toilet. And I don't, I mean, I don't know his movements. <laughs> if he pushed or, I don't know, but <laughs> boom, holy, Holy Spirit, just started speaking through them. I taught this when I was a young adult pastor, and everybody uh, that wanted to get spirit-filled came up and got spirit-filled, and some people, bang, bang, they started speaking in tongues right there. Other people didn't. Okay? So again, there can, you can feel like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get something. I'm like, no, 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 you are spirit-filled. Okay? And so uh, uh, one of the young ladies goes home, and uh, she comes up to me next week, like this big old smile on her face, and she said, I went home, and, and I felt bad at first. I didn't feel like I got it. I wanted a prayer language. I wanted the Holy Spirit to pray through me and nothing was happening. And she was listening to worship music. She was in the shower. And while she was listening to worship music, she was singing along uh, with the track. And you know how when a song goes off, it fades before the next song comes on. As the song started to fade, she heard herself and she wasn't singing the song and she wasn't talking English. She was praying in the spirit. She was like, oh! The Holy Spirit was like, good, you're distracted. Wash your hair, and I can, now I can talk. Okay? Um, uh, I got saved January 14th of 1996, but I started uh, praying in the Spirit about six months later. Uh, and um, uh, and, and th- this is why, this is why I, I teach from this way. So if, if, if your theological context is bang, bang, you, you, know, you got it and you, you speak it, just forgive me because that wasn't my experience, okay? So this is why I'm teaching it this way because I believe I've seen both. and so, But this is my experience. So six months later, uh, my, both of my parents were at work and so I was in their room praying and uh, it was about 2.22 a.m. and as I'm praying, uh, you, you know me, when I pray, I'm, I'm, very, I'm just direct, just Lord, bless that, do this. So I was thanking him for things and I was literally going down a list of things I was thanking him for and I literally ran, I, I ran out of things to, to thank God for. And you know, I I kind of I was on my knees, and, but but I kind of shoulder shrugged like ah, ah, and then boom, this beautiful language started flowing out of my mouth. It was beautiful too. I wasn't scared of it, uh, my my mind didn't go blank, my eyes didn't roll in the back of my head, I wasn't electrocuted, okay? But for 20 minutes, I'm praying in this beautiful language, and I know it's a language, it's not gibberish, it can't be. I didn't teach myself the language, there's structure to it, there's syntax to it. It's quite beautiful, I love it. And so, um, but in my mind, I'm going, this is amazing. And I'm like, I don't want it to stop. And so I was just like, keep going, like, you know, I don't want to do nothing to mess it up, like get up and get a drink of water or something. <laughs> but once he has permission, my, my, my favorite one is, uh, <laughs> Our apostolic elder, Pastor Robert Morris. Uh, so, Pastor Robert Morris was raised in a theological uh, context that talked about uh, uh, the gifts and tongues as something bad. Like you don't do that; they're all those people are demon possessed. There's something wrong with them. Uh, th- then he received uh, the Holy Spirit, but but he wasn't speaking in tongues yet. So uh, one night um, he had gone to bed before Debbie did, his wife, and uh, the next morning. You know, Debbie's kind of looking at him, like, good morning. And he's like, good morning. And, and, and she goes, Robert. He's like, what? She was like, you were speaking in tongues last night. And he was like, no, I wasn't. I was asleep. And she was like, yeah, you were asleep, but you were speaking in tongues. And it sounded good. And so he goes into his quiet time, and he asked the Lord. He said, Lord. I, you know, I've been, I've been open to it now. I was vehemently opposed to it before, but I'm open to it now. How, how, come, how come I couldn't be awake? How come you had to wait till I was asleep? He said, uh, because, Robert, you think too much. You think too much, you overthink too much. You thought I was gonna take my index finger and my thumb and wag your, t- wag your tongue. You had all these preconceived notions, so I actually had to wait for you to go to bed to pray for you and he's like well i don't i don't want that to happen anymore and he began to to be open to the holy spirit praying for him now let me tell you this it's a language which means you can control it again there's been this false misrepresentation of tongues as if you know if, if you're under some spell if you speak in tongues how many bilingual people are in the building you you speak more than one language hands up high Okay, hey, you speak more than one language, okay. All right, so, so let's just say uh, wh- whether that's French or whether that's um, Spanish or whether uh, that's an African dialect or, or Pig Latin, doesn't matter, okay. Um, <laughs> wh- if you're speaking English and you go into your other tongue, nothing zaps you. You're, you're bilingual, you, you can choose to speak English or the secondary language that you've learned, or English might be your secondary language. But, but nothing has to zap you to start speaking in it. In the same way, if you give the Holy Spirit permission to pray through you, you're bilingual. Paul says it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in a language I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will sing in a language that I understand. You're bilingual, so go home and try it. Open yourself up to the possibility that the Holy Spirit may wanna speak through you. Now, I've taught this enough times uh, to where I've actually had somebody come up to me and said, hey, that was a great teaching, I I love your presentation of it, uh, but, I don't feel comfortable speaking in tongues because I don't like the fact that I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. We don't need to have a debate about it. You've made a choice, and guess what? The Holy Spirit's not gonna kick in your chest. I said I wanna speak. (laughs) He's not going to do it. But in the privacy of your own home, where there's no pressure and no eyeballs looking at you and nobody's ear up to your mouth trying to see if you got four syllables. Go home and try it. It could happen today. It could happen on the toilet. It could happen in the shower. It could happen in your sleep. It could happen in your prayer time. Just be open to it. My friend wants to pray for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.